Welcome to the Marketing Tips for Doctors podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to attracting more patients ready to schedule their first appointments to grow your practice without spending hours and hours away from your practice or home. Hear how to boost your online presence, develop a strong rapport with each one to increase patient compliance while adding value and growing revenue. Now here's your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, America's leading medical strategist. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors. I'm your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. Today, we're really lucky in that we have James Malinchak with us. He is the world's leading authority on speaking and the number one speaking coach and trainer. James Malinchak is recognized as one of the most requested in-demand business and motivational keynote speakers and marketing consultants in the world. He was featured on the hit ABC TV show, Secret Millionaire, and was twice named National College Speaker of the Year. James has delivered over 3,000 presentations for corporations, associations, business groups, colleges, universities, and youth organizations worldwide. James can speak for groups ranging from 20 to over 30,000, and he has done that. As a speaker, marketing coach, and consultant, James is the behind-the-scenes go-to marketing advisor for many top speakers, authors, thought leaders, business professionals, celebrities, sports coaches, athletes, and entrepreneurs, and is recognized as the world's number one big money speaker, trainer, and coach. Welcome to the show, James. Hey, Barbara. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Why don't you tell our listeners how you got started in all of this and your very, very impressive resume? Well, uh, I grew up in a van down by the river, right? (laughs) Isn't that what everybody who speaks says they start off with i grew up in a van down by the river no i actually grew up in a small steel town outside of pittsburgh population of about oh gosh six thousand great folks we didn't have much growing up dad worked in the steel mill and mom was a lunch mother at the school serving lunches to us kids and so it wasn't like we came from anything but i had some big dreams and my first big dream was to play college basketball so i accepted a basketball scholarship out of high school and went to the University of Cincinnati. And then my coach had gotten relieved from his duties, which is a nice way of saying he got fired. (laughs) And I ended up transferring and playing out in Hawaii. And first exhibition game, caught a pass and ripped my knee in half. So my, my aspirations of playing pro basketball were done. And so I started working on plan B. And plan B was what I always wanted to do if pro ball didn't work out, which was to be a, a stockbroker financial consultant, if you will. So I I moved to Los Angeles after and started my career and was very fortunate to do well there. My first year, I opened up about 200 new accounts and I was working for a major Wall Street investment firm and was named most outstanding performance around the country for our training class of everyone who started at the same time, which was about 200 some folks. And because of that, I got a telephone call one day and it was from a guy who had said, hey, yeah, my son heard you uh, did really well. I guess he works with you in the office, and I'd love to have you come and speak to my employees. And I said, well, I, I don't 
speak. I don't even know what that means. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm a stockbroker. Like, I don't know what that means. He said, well, just can't you just come and talk to them for about 40 minutes and speak to them about how you, you know, built your career. Maybe it'll inspire them. And you did it so fast at a young age. And I, I said, well, I don't, I don't speak. I don't do that stuff. And he said, and I'll pay you $5,000. I said, I speak, I speak, I speak. <laughs> Mama didn't raise no fool. Someone wants to pay you to talk. You be quiet and take it. <laughs> and that's literally, and I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea about any of this, you know, how to speak and all that stuff. Well, lo and behold, I found out that it was a very big industry and that colleges, universities, medical conferences, corporations, associations, professional sports teams, you know, you just name, name them. And they all bring in speakers for certain topics, for certain things. And so I said, whoa, if this is really a career in an industry, maybe I should take this seriously. And so I did. And one led to two and two led to three. And next thing you know, here we are 3000 some talks later. So very blessed, very fortunate. That's pretty incredible. Uh, one thing I love to hear you say is how you could get people speaking engagements without any credentials, no experience, no connections, or even being a good speaker. How does that happen? Well, so it took me a long time to figure that out. I used to think I had to have the highest you know, credentials, the best degrees. Now, if you're in the medical profession and you're going to be speaking at a medical conference, then obviously that is a very huge part of who maybe gets selected and maybe who doesn't. But if you are just trying to speak and share a message or in, inspire folks generally, and meaning that it's not a medical related talk, right? You don't really need any credentials or anything for that. You know what you need? A message that uplifts people a message that uh, helps people, a message that speaks into their heart, their mind, their soul, and their spirit. And then the next most important thing is you actually need to get in touch with the people who are the decision makers who decide who's going to speak. And when I figured that one out, because I already had that first, like, by, by, by the way, my company's called Big Money Speaker, and that's why the logo is a coin. Because I say there's two sides to the coin. On the first side, you have a message, information, you know, strategies, things that you teach, wanting to help people, wanting to make a difference in people's lives. But then most people stop right there thinking that's all they need. And I say, nope, there's a flip side to the coin. That's why the logo is a coin. There's a flip side of the coin, and that's called the business of speaking. And primarily the number one thing for the business of speaking is you got to get to the people who are the decision makers. You got to get them to pick you. And so that, that's why I say I can take anybody. And if I can just get them to understand that, and if they're willing to just do that, they can go from zero to hero. So by getting booked and paid to speak. What are some of the biggest mistakes that speakers are making right now? Well, I would say for sure, number one, understanding that it's not, uh, they, don't, they don't understand that it's a business and, and they like I kind of already alluded to a little bit, they they really think it's all about the credentials, the message, that sort of thing. And that's only half of it. I would think that is that is definitely the first one. The second is being led to believe that you actually need to be a good speaker, <laughs> right? Because people think, well, I'm not a professional orator. 
and I'm, you know, I don't like stay within the frame, meaning don't put my hands outside like a imaginary picture frame. And I'm not the most eloquent speaker. And I have my hand in my pocket. Therefore, I'm not a good speaker. It's not about any of that stuff. All speaking is, is you have a message to say to help people. And you literally share it to help people. I could care less where my hands are. I could care less if I've, I've fallen off of three stages in my career. <laughs> what happens if you fall off a stage? Get back up. <laughs> okay. I mean, what, you fall off a stage, get up. <laughs> I was speaking one time for 11,000 people out here in Las Vegas, and it was the hardest stage ever. It was a circular stage, meaning that people were all around you and like two levels, three levels up. And when it's dark and they have spotlights on you, it's very hard to see. It's like looking into car lights. And so a little a trick that I uh, figured out probably about 15 years ago is you go to the local store, like your drugstore, and you get white athletic tape. Kind of like when I played basketball, they would tape our ankles so that we didn't sprain them. And they would all, before every practice and game, and they would use the white athletic tape. Athletic trainers would tape it. Well, you put that white athletic tape down about, about a foot away from the front of the stage when it's super dark. And anytime you're on stage, you can always see the white athletic tape. And you know, you don't step past that. Well, I forgot my athletic tape. And so I took a step and lo and behold, there was no more stage. <laughs> and I fell off the stage in front of 11,000 people. You should have saw the, the guy working the spotlight. He's like, man, where'd the speaker go as he bounces the light around looking for me? <laughs> and so well, that's, uh, a, that's really helpful and <laughs> a helpful tip to know. Well, it's so simple, but you never think of it. Yeah. I mean, if it's dark and there are spotlights, you literally can't see because you're looking into the lights. You don't like, you don't actually like see the crowd. So the, the stage is only about three or four feet up. So it wasn't like, I, fortunately, I didn't get hurt or anything. But yeah, so it's not about being a good presenter. Because even though I fell off the stage, I still got paid a check. And I still helped people and I inspired them and I uplifted them. And so that is the second biggest mistake. The first is not understanding it's a business. The second is thinking that you have to be this great professional orator and you have to not flub a word and you have to, oh, God forbid, fall off a stage. You can't do that, right? Well, no. I mean, I, you've seen me speak, Barbara. I'm sweating on the audience like because I'm hot and I'm moving around. I got sweat flying everywhere. Right? I don't care. I have a message to help people. And I simply stand up and say it to help people. So those are those are a couple of the biggest mistakes right there. A lot of the doctors that are listening now may be saying to themselves, wow, speaking is a business and I could get a lot of money for this. I want in on this. So how would you tell them that they can get uh, speaking engagements? How did they go about that? Well, the very first thing is you got to figure out who you want to talk to. Right. Most people make mistakes starting with a message. Right. And it's not their fault a lot of times because you you listen to things that are perpetuated out in the world, especially on the Internet. Right. Because everything on the Internet's correct and it gets perpetuated. Oh, you have a message and you need to share that message. And so what happens is we get trained to start with that message. And no, the very first thing you have to do is start with your who. Who do you want to speak for? So if I want to speak for chiropractors, my message is going to be different than if I want to speak for kids. If I'm going to speak for professional athletes or retiring professional athletes, my message is going to be different than the message I give for kids, right? So if you start with the message, then you're really shooting yourself in the foot. You always start with, well, who do you want to speak for? 
if you're in the medical profession and you want to speak at other like medical conferences, let's say, well, then even inside that, who's your who? I mean, are they cardiologists? You know, are they podiatrists? Are they medical technicians? I mean, the who's different and your message will be different based on the who. Okay, so that's the first part. Start with the who. Second thing is you start with, so it's who and then why. Why do you want to speak for that group, that demographic? And you get a really strong, compelling reason, right? So like when I started, my who was kids. I wanted teenagers. And why did I want to do that? Because somebody spoke to me when I was in eighth grade at our high school, and that person spoke into my heart and changed my life. And my why was I want to do that for other kids because I know how it positively influenced me, right? And so now, now you know your who, and now you have a why, because that why will, will make you successful, I truly believe. I always say, you need to get a red-hot why, right? Why do you want to do it? Because if your why is strong enough, no obstacle matters. You'll figure a way to go over it, under it, or around it, you know, and you'll figure out how to be successful. I tell, I tell students all the time when I speak for them, I still like to speak for kids. And I, and I say, look, if your why is strong enough, you'll figure out all by yourself how to be successful. You give me a chance to have a, an A student with no why or a C student with a strong why, I'll take the C student with a strong why every single day of the week because that student's going to figure out how to make it happen. That student will do whatever he or she needs to do to make it happen. Why? Because they got a strong why. They got a strong reason. And like, you know, sometimes kids will say, well, my, my wife, or I'll, I'll ask them, why'd you come to college? And, and it's amazing. Like I'll hear, well, because I have to, I have to help support <laughs> my aging mom who has a disease. And so I go to school and I'm working two jobs to help take care of mom. I will hire that student in a heartbeat over a student that makes straight A's and looks perfect on a resume, but doesn't have that why. You know, the reason is because that student who's working two jobs and going to college while that student's doing it, that student has a strong why. They're doing it for their mom, to take care of their mom. They're going to make it happen. They'll do whatever they have to do. They'll stay up all night. They'll, they'll, they'll ride the bus 10 miles one way to one job and 20 miles the other way if they have to. They'll crawl through mud. They'll crawl over broken glass. They'll do whatever they have to do because they got a strong why. So when it comes to speaking, and if you're a doctor trying to get, you know, in this profession, what's your who? And then why? Come up with a strong, compelling why, and you will never, ever, ever lose. And then the last part is the what. Now you come into what's your message. So you have your who, and you know why it's so important to you. You got the who and the why. And now you bring in, now what's the perfect message for that who? based on my why. So that's how you, you start to think about it. You don't start with a message because your message is different based on your who and why. That's really helpful to know. One of your blog posts says, why the same kryptonite that weakens <laughs> Superman is weakening your ability to become a big money speaker. What's that all about? Yeah, it's, it's the kryptonite for us as speakers is actually believing that you have to be a great speaker, meaning this. And you hear this all the time. Well, you have to walk in a V. You have to use hand gestures. You have to make sure you make eye contact with every single person in the room. Right. So 
basically it's telling you that you have to be this great orator and that's not what it's about it's about sharing a message that helps people puts an imprint on their heart their mind their soul and their spirit not worrying about who cares where your hands are who cares if you looked at everybody with perfect eye contact i mean who cares if your hands were in your pocket when you were speaking or they were touching a podium or whatever who no who cares about that so stop trying to be a speaker and just be a person that has a, a, a message that shares it to help people and watch how like, because Barbara, I used to get so freaked out and nervous because I would worry about all that stuff that all that mechanical stuff to be a really deemed what's called a great speaker. Look, great speaker to me is somebody who gets paid a check to talk. <laughs> it's not like, you know, I, because I moved in a V formation on stage you know, and I never move from around the podium kind of thing like that. So that's like, that's the kryptonite that crushes folks, because what it did for me was I would get so freaked out by all of those mechanical things that I was being led to believe that I had to do in order to speak that I literally would forget what I was supposed to talk about. Because I was so freaked out worrying about, well, wait, did I take two steps to the left? And was I supposed to walk in a V to the right? And so the kryptonite for all of us is worrying about all that stuff. I call that nonsense. That's all nonsense. And the only people that that's important to are the, you know, the speech coaches that try to sell you high price programs that tell you that that's important. I could care less about any of it. And I've done 3,000 paid talks. So I guess, it, I guess my philosophy works. <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest mistakes that I find uh, listening to speakers is that when a person is a newbie speaker, the one thing that they forget, which to me is one of the most important things, is that they forget to insert a call to action. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it, it's nice that people laugh at your jokes or enjoy what you have to say, but without a call to action, they're going to, you know, just move on to the next speaker or go home with a smile on their face and that'll be the end of it. But hopefully you want the audience listening to you to do something once you get off stage. It might be to call the office for an appointment, but they okay. may not be ready to do that. So you may have other calls, calls to action that you want them to do, as long as it's only one call to action. You don't want to say, well, you could do this, or you could do this, or you could do this, because then they wind up doing nothing. A call to action might be, hey, I have a, an FAQ sheet of the most popular questions that people ask me. And you know, like if you go to this website or you make this telephone call, we'll ship that out to you for free immediately. Or maybe it's a little ebook. The thing is that whatever it is that you are offering, it should be in sync with the services that you provide. You wouldn't want as a doctor to get up there and say, oh, and by the way, I have a great ebook on antique cars. <laughs> there might be some people in the audience that like antique cars, but the whole purpose of you as a physician being on stage is to get people to want your medical advice or your coaching or your, you know, consultation. So 
think of what people are struggling with, the questions that they have, and come up with your solution, which I'm sure you do every day of the week with the patients that you see, and put it down in a little guide or a little ebook. And you'd be surprised how many people who tune into prospective patients will be, you know, just asking for, you know, like what you can provide. Oh, it's great. Uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I like to say also not giving a call to action at the end is actually doing the audience a disservice, right? Because if they listened to you, let's say they watched you on a webinar or a Zoom or they saw you live in person speaking somewhere, it could be a group of two people, it could be a group of 2000 people, it doesn't matter the size. But that, that group was, you know, in, in, into what you were saying. They were you know, hanging, they like love that they learn tips and strategies. And now to just say, okay, I just talked to you for 30 minutes. So bye-bye. <laughs> right? Well, you're doing them a disservice, right? So you should allow them to have any type of continuing education. And that doesn't mean you have to sell it. It could be like, exactly. I love what you said, Barbara, a simple little ebook. Or it could be just, hey, Zoom is free. Jump on, jump on Zoom, right? Jump on Zoom and hit record. You could jump on Zoom, hit record. Zoom's a free account and just talk into the camera, you know, and, and give advice and share things. And then they could get that free Zoom video that could be 15 minutes. That's a continuing the continuation of what you are going to be talking about. Then it maybe goes deeper on the subject than you were able to go in the time allotted for the talk. So to send folks out after a talk without the opportunity to have more continuing education on the topic from you, aka giving them a call to action to do it, is doing them a disservice. So if you truly believe what I believe everybody feels they do, which is AIM, A-M-E, adds value, make a difference enriching lives. If you are speaking and adding value, making a difference and enriching lives, then it's your duty and responsibility to allow audience members to do that more and deeper with you by having something you give away by doing a CTA, a call to action. That's really such a great way to look at it because some doctors are actually embarrassed by the thought of promoting something or selling something. And if they, instead of looking at it as, you know, selling something, they are thinking of it as providing an additional service. It really takes all the pressure away. Yeah. And I always tell folks, stop selling, start serving more. Right. And so by doing that, which we just discussed, you're, you're actually servicing them and serving them on a deeper level, which should make but any doctor feel great because that's probably I had if I sat down a thousand doctors and say what's one of the reasons you got in the profession, it would be to help serve folks and heal folks and take care of them and make their life better. Well, you have to look at your call to action with your giveaway, if you will, the same way. You're not selling, you're serving them better. And what I always say is this: I always ask this question. And Barbara, you've been in the, my my trainings enough where you've heard this probably I don't know ten times. But I always ask the audience, how many of you believe in your message, meaning your information that you're sharing and talking about? And everybody puts their hand up. And then I say, well, second question, how many of you truly believe that it does what I call AIM, A-M-E, adds value, 
makes a difference and enriches people's lives. And again, every hand goes up. And I say, well, then why wouldn't you want to put stuff together that allows people to take more of you and your message home with them? That's where there's a disconnect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and they're like, oh, I never looked at it like that. I'm like, so, and by the way, if you want to throw a little price on it and make $10, $1,000, $10,000, nothing wrong with that. As long as you're coming from a place of service of where you're adding value, making a difference and enriching people's lives. And now you're just able to do that on a bigger, better way or a more personal way. You know, I hear you speak, you give great information and I'm like, wow, I really should like maybe go have an appointment with this doctor. I really like, you know, the new technology they're doing or the way they're doing it or the new process he talked about or she talked about. And now I come to you and then I become a, a client for life, a patient for life. And my customer value goes through the roof because I'm spending X number of dollars a year with you forever sometimes, right? And so that's how you look at it. It all started by you weren't selling, you were serving, okay? Whether you put a price on it, whether you didn't put a price on it, irrelevant, but you have to have something if you truly are trying to serve people and you have to Tell them about it at the end so that they can, all you got to remember, so they can go deeper with you or on a more personal level and get more, you know, knowledge about this topic. That's all you got to remember. So it's not selling. It's, you know, doing a good thing by serving them, by offering it. Well, I would like to tell the listeners that every year, in addition to the webinars that you give to enlighten everyone, you usually have a summit, which is like a three-day event, uh, and it's fantastic. Have you gone back to in-person uh, summits, or are you still virtual? We actually are having our first in-person one in about five months, I think. I think it's well, actually a little longer. I think it's October or maybe it's August, I can't remember, but it's the first one that we've had since the, the whole pandemic thing had happened. But, okay, you uh, all so, yeah. five months, five months, yeah. you all have time to rearrange <laughs> your schedule and go. So how do they enroll with you, James? Well, the first thing I want to get, I want to do is say, I'm on this mission. Uh, you know, I sort of like retired a little bit about I don't know, two years ago, not doing as much as I was. I've been blessed. I accomplished everything I wanted to do kind of thing. And then I just I, I sort of like drifted and played a little golf and walked on the beach. And you know, and then I just started getting irritated by some of the stuff I've seen perpetuated online and misinformation. Things like I talked about earlier, start with your message. No, you start with the who, right? Because that'll be so much more beneficial for you. So it was things like that. And I said, you know what? I, I should come back and do this and, and help people. And I said, but how do I help as many people as possible in the biggest way? Because I really want to leave a legacy. So what I did, unbeknownst to a lot of folks, is I've been working on over the last year, taking my four-day training and putting it into actually a book, right? Because, I mean, Barbara, you've been to my trainings. They're 12 hours some days, right? They're long. We go into the evening. And so, and I teach a lot of content. So how do I, I said, you know what, I'm going to just put it in a book. Because that's the way to help as many people. And I said, how else can I help as many people? I said, I'm going to just give it away for free. No charge, no credit card. Don't have to go to Amazon and buy anything. So if anybody would like to learn how to really master getting paid to speak, you simply go to www.freespeakerbook.com. 
speakerbook.com, freespeakerbook.com. And you don't need a credit card. You don't need anything. You just simply download it. And then after that, then we will email you and let you know when we start announcing for the actual four-day training. And if you want to come to it, great. If you don't, great. You got the book and there's more, way more than enough in that book that will help propel you to getting paid to speak if that's something you choose to do. What a great gift that you are offering. Yeah, it's a great way to help a lot of people and spread the word. Yeah, well, thank you so much for myself and thank you from the listeners. Oh, thank you for what you do, Barbara. You know, you're one of my favorite people. We go way back and thanks for having me on your show. I truly appreciate it. It's really been a delight. This comes to the end of our episode, Marketing Tips for Doctors, with your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, speaking with James Melanchek. Till next time. Thanks for listening to Marketing Tips for Doctors. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Press the subscribe button so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about the show. Join us on marketingtipsfordoctors.com for replays and more resources to help grow your practice, strengthen your brand, and dominate your field. Remember, you are one tweet from greatness. Greatness.